I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, July 13, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... The excessive decline in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon, your host today, joined by Shauna Theriol. Good morning. How are you, Shauna? Wonderful. How awesome. are you? I'm I'm here. Here's good. <laughs> yeah, here is good. It's better uh, than there. Exactly. And uh, also joined by Michael Griffin. Michael, you've been on the show a few times now. You're a, almost an old pro, right? Four or five times. Four yeah. or five. All right. Not I'm that you're there. counting, right? No, not that I'm yeah. counting. All right. <laughs> But happy to be here, Troy. There you go. Uh, both Shauna and Michael are uh, financial planners at Hensler Financial, our uh, uh, financial planning arm of the business. And uh, Shauna is a managing associate, holds the CFP, uh, which everybody knows what that is, right? Yes. And the CPA, which surely everybody knows what a CPA is. Yes. As well as the CDFA. Yes. And nobody knows what that is, right? <laughs> That's divorce financial analyst. So, right. Yes. All right. So certified in many things, accounting and uh, financial planning-wise. Michael is uh, also a CFP. Yes, sir. And what are they, they actually make you call it a CFP certificate, right? Yes, or you have to put the little R with the circle around it. Right. Yes. It can't be used as a noun. I am not a CFP. Correct. Just as I hold the CFA charter, and I can't say that I'm a CFA. Mm. So they uh, they make sure that you say that you're a charter holder right. as a CFA. So right. anyway, that's a chartered financial analyst. So I'm the guy that looks at the stock market and the economy and all that stuff and tries to put together portfolios that uh, uh, will fund the lifestyle that our clients would like to have uh, while Shauna and... Michael, actually, will walk the client through and discover exactly what that is, right? That's right. All the needs they they have. So uh, Investments is just one piece of the puzzle. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Important piece, but one piece. It is very important. And, uh, you know, while a lot of folks focus on performance and that sort of thing, in in reality, it really is about kind of figuring out how to achieve that happiness. And happiness is not... About your money, it's about a lot of other things that your money might help you fund. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, exactly. Troy, you help them with step A. Sean and I help them with B through Z. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's a lot you guys do that uh, I don't even want to think about, to be honest with you. Uh, you do business valuations, though. That is true. Yeah, and uh, and for for business difficult. owners, that is very mm-hmm. important. Um, and kind of help some guys that are also here at Hensler um, with uh, exit planning strategies yep. and, and things like that. So uh, a very important piece of the puzzle, especially these days, we've got a lot of folks that are baby boomers, business owners, that um, are looking for ways to retire. Absolutely. And if you're a business owner, think about it. You can't just tell them you want your gold watch and you're going home. 
Uh, no. There's there's a lot more that goes into it. Than Doesn't that. work that way. For right, sure. exactly. So uh, I do help out in those ways. But uh, let's talk a little about the financial markets, which uh, we want all the time. 20%. Year to date, yeah, 20%. 20 wow. Down Almost slightly 21. in the week, one wow. basis point, which is one one hundredth of a percent, point zero one percent. So what do valuations look like now, Troy? Uh, they still look uh, a little, uh, well, they look expensive in several manners. They don't look quite as bad on a P.E. basis as you might think. Really? Yeah. Um, around 19 and a half. Uh, P. Better than it's been So 19 and a half times earnings is the price of, of the overall average. Uh, Did we have all new highs today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday. It okay. was uh, the NASDAQ. It was That was Wednesday of last week that uh, we did hit uh, all-time highs. We're very near on most of the other financial um, indices, but, um, you know, it's been quite a run this year, uh, more than I would have expected. I I still hold to my uh, 6 to 8% uh, as, By my, year end? as my projection, which is So not, maybe we'll have opportunity news, right? to take losses later I, in the I year? I really believe. Let's not hope for that, but. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't call it an opportunity, but. <laughs> That's the only opportunity in a down market is either a buying exactly. opportunity or taking losses. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, that, Shawnee, you bring that up. It is something that's, uh, that's number one, very important, uh, a huge piece of you guys' job. Right. Uh, is trying to manage the taxes uh, on on gains for clients. Especially when you're repositioning portfolio, if you think we may be going into recession, you know, right. it's very good. We always talk about on the show rebalancing, rebalancing. Right. But when you rebalance, there's taxes because you're selling something that's up and you're moving it to something that may be down or maybe something that's right. more conservative. And and only then if you're if you're investing with a with a taxable account like a brokerage account. In your retirement accounts, you're not. You might have gains, but you're not going to have taxable gains until right. the end of the game when you're taking your money out of that account exactly. to, to spend. And the government forces us into that. So, uh, you know, over time you'll you'll get there, but um, it, it doesn't it doesn't get impacted on a regular basis as we manage through time. Right. Um, and that's a good point. So individuals saving to 401ks, you know, they're they're in as if they're still saving and the market right. goes down, but they can't take those losses and, and help offset gains. And Right. But yeah. they're also not taxed on the gain. Right. Un until, like I say, the end, when when they start having to take it and then they're taxed on their at their, um, what do they call it, their marginal level. Right, required income. minimum. Right, mm. yeah. So, their other marginal tax return, right. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, it's it's a very important piece. Um, Ten years into a huge bull run, what do you think we have more than anything else? we got lots and lots of gains. Oh, yes. So uh, if we see those securities that have done quite well over the last nine or ten years, and we decide that, uh, hey, wait a minute, economic conditions don't look exactly right. Uh, let's start taking some risk off the table. You have to pay the tax man right. uh, in order to, to re-characterize uh, your portfolio in that regard. Now, one thing I will say, you've got one of three choices, right? You can either sell it and you pay 20% of the gain. You don't pay on the cost basis of the security that you bought. You only pay the gain, right? Right. 20% on the gain. So you get to keep keep 20%, you get, or you get to keep 180%. Right. Uh, and, right. And you have to give away 20%, right? Right. So uh, that, uh, that, that might put it a little in perspective for folks, but there are some that say, I don't care what it is. I don't want to pay Uncle Sam a dime. But I want to make money, too. At the same time, yeah. So right. the only way you're not going to pay tax is to not make money. Right. Or you can gift it, 
You can give stocks with gains. Uh, you can give to charities too. You can, and, and you get you get credit uh, credit for the the market value of the stock, not your cost basis. So you get full credit with the gain, but you end up with zero. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> kind of the worst case scenario, if it is you we're talking about, you can die <laughs> and leave it to your heirs. And they get a step up in basis, right? And nobody pays tax as long as. Or you you're can just hold the security till it goes down and sell it. Well, there is another option. Which that's not. It's not the game that we play. Right. So the piece that I'm focused most on is making sure that you're making money, and and while I don't totally ignore the tax piece, I, I fully understand it, but it's not the main focus of my attention. Right. But I'm absolutely sympathetic to those who have to be out there paying that tax. What but is the I, saying? Don't let the tax tail wag the dog? Wag, wag the investment dog. The investment right. dog. <laughs> yeah. Our, our ultimate goal is to make you wealthier. And if you get wealthier, especially in a taxable account, you're going to have to pay the tax man. So anyway, I think the more difficult piece, Shawnee, is to when you're looking at an account and it says you have a million dollars or $100,000 or whatever the amount is, mm-hmm. we never stop at that point to consider how much spendable money is really here. Right. And there's no report that I know of in this industry that will show you exactly how much you could spend out of this, how much you give to the tax man, how much you can spend. Right. So it, it, that's, I think that's probably uh, the reason that it gets so fuzzy sure. you know, when people get upset about having to pay tax. I'm, well, I, then it affects Medicare premiums, too, if you're on Medicare. Right. So, But that's a marginal amount compared to... You know, what you could right. lose if you don't rebalance. And some folks are in a spot where they don't actually pay 20%. They only pay 15 Right, exactly. And others pay zero. Zero, mm-hmm. right. But you can't make very much money and uh, still be paying that zero tax, I will assure you. Exactly. But uh, anyway, so market's up 20.74%. Information technology is still the one IT, leading. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's... So kicking. what percentage of that is the S&P now? This information uh, yeah. technology was I, you know, third. I, it's been as much as 26%. Okay. Now, back in 1990, it was only about 5 or 6%. So you can tell how technology's done over since 1990 for sure. Uh, a lot of that was early on in, uh, in uh, the late 90s, obviously, leading up to right. the tech bubble. Right. Um, when economic conditions really got ugly and out of whack. Uh, but information technology is up 30.74% year-to-date. Consumer discretionary is on its heels at 25.6%. Uh, communication services, 23.42%. All just awesome returns. The worst performing healthcare up 871 year-to-date. A lot of that's because of the regulatory uh, pressures that are being put on that. Um, if you look over the past 12 months, Market's up 10.14 as measured by the S&P 500. Uh, Utilities is the big winner there. Does that surprise anybody? It should. It does. Yeah. So you think about what drives utilities, it's interest rates. So we've had, you know, declines in interest rates, which means the price goes up. um, And the price on these securities, since they pay a dividend, they're kind of a bond proxy, if you will. They're similar to bonds. And... uh, They're up 19.7% year-to-date. All right, we're going to take a real quick break right now, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk about a dog of the week. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. 
This week, and you know, just to explain a little bit, what is the dog of the week? You know, it started out me talking about uh, companies that do crazy things, and then we expanded it into, uh, you know, it might be some strange tie-in, whether it's a business model or some technology or whatever. Today, it's a business model, and uh, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, a few weeks ago, I, I talked about a South Korean. A uh, business that um, allowed people to put themselves in jail. They paid. This is the camping uh, jail thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, but they get locked up in in the cells where they can't get out and be moving freely. I, I is that still, what you did this summer? No, I cannot imagine what it would no. take to make me lose my freedom. I, you know, I just can't no. imagine wanting to do that. But that this horrible. week, yeah, I mean, it's not good. This week, I, I want to talk about a museum in Japan who has a, a similar strange business model. It's a Japan, uh, Japanese um, museum in uh, Yokohama called the Unko Museum, U-N-K-O. It's a museum about poop. <laughs> I, I promise you, yeah. when folks come into the, to the, to the museum... Do they pay to get in? Of course they do. They watch a video, and then they, they all... They watch a video on. about what? They all sit on these know. non-functioning toilets. Another individual comes in and makes it as if they are actually performing the act that you might on a toilet. At which point, a gift shows up in the toilet that each of them are sitting on. Oh, wow. This is a, a, a foam poop we that hope. they get to take home. Oh. Yeah, it's a nice parting, <laughs> parting gift. <laughs> Anyway, anyway Troy, I've heard the strangest I've thing. heard some weird things that you've talked about on the show before, but that has to take the cake. I will. I'll just um, tell you, there's there's a lot more. I mean, to who it who looks this stuff. up on the internet anyway? What exactly? How did you I would find call this? Them interns. <laughs> I mean, did they get flagged <laughs> by our IT department when they found that? Because that seems a little weird. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, I think they just look up strange stories. Hard and, work and this down is there. among the strangest. Uh, they have, uh, there, there's more to it. You guys have cut me off. I'm sorry. Do you not want to hear more about the museum? Of course. We All right, hear so about uh, there's a ceiling high poop sculpture in the, in the main hall. It erupts every 30 minutes, it spouting out little foam poops. So it's like the Cabbage Patch Factory, just... Yeah, it's with just poop. There is a okay. game in another room in this museum where... People try to play a game similar to Whack-A-Mole, where they step on each of the things that pop up out of the floor. Um, they can also go to another room where you see if you can complete the largest poop by shouting in Japanese, Unko, which as loudly as possible. The louder, the better, I guess. And um, this, is, uh, this is how they have fun. Is this the strangest business model or not? I mean, we've talked about others, you know, that where there was, a, there was a uh, restaurant that was uh, made for women's causes uh, a few 
weeks ago that I talked about that had gone bust. It was only in business for a couple of years. I can't see how this museum stays alive. There's also a soccer game where you it's try probably to one of those cover-up businesses that they're doing something. That <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If you're going to do a cover-up business, this is not the one. This no. is about the strangest. It's going to draw more attention from everybody else. And like me, it's going to make you wonder, how in the world does this thing stay in business? Well, not only does it stay in business, the very first month of operations, it attracted 100,000 people to visit. Wow. 100,000 visitors in the first month of operation. I mean, can you imagine the family conversation on Saturday? Hey, honey, you want to go to the baseball game or the poop museum? Uh, like, you know what, Michael? I, I'll tell you this, and I thought it was really weird, too. So I looked a little deeper into Japanese culture, and they have some really strange, really strange things that they do. Annually, there's a, there's a, a baby crying contest, and why in the world it works out like this, I don't know. But they, they have sumo wrestlers hold a baby. There's a judge that stands in front of them and kind of makes the baby cry. Whichever baby cries the best Aww. is the winner. They even put, they put scary masks on to make the baby cry. Aww. See there, the mother and Shauna has see. just kicked in. She's not having fun anymore. That was mean. Yeah, well, I mean, they have all kind of strange, <laughs> strange uh, things. And I'll stop it right there because this is a show really not about no. that. But, I mean, talk about crazy business models. You bring me that one for an exit strategy. I don't valuation. How do you valuation that? that yeah. Oh, I mean, you you value that with <laughs> cash flows, and you look the other way when they tell you how they generate them. I don't know. That's about the weirdest uh, story I think I've ran across in quite a long time. Yes, That's definitely odd. All right, so uh, let's move on. Uh, it's it's probably way past time. Um, this week we do have uh, a situation we'd like to talk about. Uh, circumstances involve. Two individuals, William and Edna, um, who have no close relatives. Um, this is a situation that we, we uh, have some folks run across. In fact, um, our producer told me that she feels like she might wind up in this uh, particular situation. If you don't have folks that are close to you, uh, you don't have children, um, you know, various other things, but uh, to, to press on... Uh, the elder siblings um, of William and Edna have passed and uh, they have no children themselves. They're wondering about their future. Uh, for the last 15 years, they've been able to take care of each other, but they're concerned about who will provide care, pay the bills, taxes, etc., and arrange funeral services um, once uh, the other is no longer around. So uh, this might be something you guys ran into or have uh, dealt with um, We've in, in the past months, maybe? Or we've years. certainly run into uh, aspects of this with, with clients. I mean, you know, a few certain things they could do right off the bat is, you know, obviously prepay for the funeral expenses, make sure that's all taken care of. They need to make sure that their estate plans are in line. Hopefully they have a friend or, or some relative that they would trust to be the executor uh, of their estate to at least disperse the money. Um you know, and they probably should look into assisted living facilities, even if they may not need it. There's a lot of places that will allow you to to move into a house and then gradually move into, uh, you know, higher care as needed for those individuals. So those are those are just a few things off the top of my head that they should really look at doing to try to 
to alleviate their the stress of their situation going forward. Right, and and estate planning would be of utmost importance Absolutely. In, in this particular Well, case some individuals, well. you know, to them, if they don't have any heirs, they have no one to leave it to, it's like, why do I care? I'm not here, so why do I need an estate plan? But, you know, somebody's got to do it. You don't want it tied up in courts and the lawyers all get it, even if you give it to charity, give it to someone. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael and I talk about that all the time. I had this, I had this conversation with a client the other day, and, and he said, I don't know who to leave it to. And I said, do you want it to go to the state? And then he started naming some beneficiaries. Yeah, we so. just talked about that, right? Nobody wants right. to give their money away to the government. But I think the scariest thing is if, you know, what if your spouse dies and you're not able to take care of yourself, you know, the right. estate plan, out of the, you know, out of the way or down the road when you're not even here, who's my power of attorney? So we get those right. questions, you know, and as Michael alluded to, you know, you could go into some sort of assisted living or some sort of, you know, healthcare place when you have these powers of attorney and healthcare power of attorney that explains what you want done mm-hmm. um, and financial powers of attorney. But, you know, finding one, maybe you have a committee of people or friends that can help you, um, you know, if something were to happen to, to take care of that aspect for you. Yeah. Uh, something else. What about, um, you know, quite often we see this where, uh, a couple, one of which will be very well versed in their financial assets, um, but the other is not. So, you know, is there a way that uh, that you might be able to protect one or the other spouse, uh, depending on a situation like that? I, th- I think probably education now is, is the mm-hmm. best way to deal with that, but... Sure, or working with a financial advisor that you trust, someone you get a relationship with now. Right. Um, So even if, you know, one of the spouses is very astute in the financial, gaining that trust of a financial advisor or a firm, really, not just one person, but a a team of people to help you, um, it's probably not appropriate for them to be your power of attorney necessarily, but to help guide that surviving spouse if something were to happen to the other uh, during the time of need. Right. So that would be something that could you know, to think about now. So even if you're running everything yourself and you know what you're doing, if your spouse doesn't have an understanding, either teaching them now as you suggested mm. or getting a team of experts around you now so that that you trust so that if something happens, they can help walk that surviving spouse through it. Right. And some financial planning firms will, will have what's called a family office. Right. You know, so that they can even pay the bills, right? Right. Um, it's still going to be somewhat lonely in, in those types of things. You're financial planner is not going to deal with, but maybe an assisted living home combined with a family office might we get the job done. Sure, absolutely, something like that, or, you know, you could just, hopefully there's some friends, even if there's not family and heirs, um, someone that could step in and help. Right. And be a power of attorney and help in that aspect. Right. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, uh, we'll answer some financial questions and uh, solicit yours. Uh, Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. Either of you, I mean, you know, you listen to that Jefferson's thing and it uh, reminds me, they had a live show uh, not long ago. They did, you know, like on stage, but it was 
broadcasted live. Oh, I didn't know uh, about that. Yeah, it's just been a month or so ago. I just, that is such obviously, an old show. you didn't watch. Did not. That was what I was asking. Don't. So. All right, yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Jeffersons. Oh, absolutely. Either way. All right, um, we're back. It's uh, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Shauna Theriault and Michael Griffin. Uh, if you've got questions for us, we want to answer them. Uh, you can get in touch with us through our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you leave your message, uh, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, you can also call and talk to a person. Uh, the number is 770-429-9166. And by the way, that's the way you can get in touch with Shauna or Michael if you have questions regarding financial planning. Uh, you can also find me there. Um, they, I usually, they don't let me out of the closet too often, so uh, I stay in the dark. Um, but, you know, if you had questions about business valuation or exit planning strategies or things of that nature, you could always call and ask for me. If I don't have the answer for you, I can direct you to the right person. Uh, if you've got a question you'd like to answer, like to have answered on the radio show, though, you can call and ask uh, about the radio show, and uh, they will connect you with none other than Kelly Lynn, our producer, and uh, she will get you uh, taken care of. Your question will be answered on the air. Uh, if you don't want to make a phone call at all, you can email us at drgene@hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. Hensler dot com is also our website. So if you've got um, questions you'd like to answer on your own, if it's a broad enough topic, um, we have lots of content uploaded on the website. You can go in there and check it out for yourself. And uh, that was revamped just a few months ago, right? Now, fancy new website. Go check it out. Um, Looking good out there. Yeah, there you go. And uh, the other thing is, if you would like to hear a portion of the show that you might have missed on the radio, you can go to Hensler.com and find the whole thing downloaded right there for for your listening pleasure. So uh, getting to some of the questions that we got this week, um, first of all, here we go. Oscar from Flowery Branch says, I'm a bit concerned about Michaels. Uh, Michaels, I guess, is that arts and crafts store uh, it started with the wife and her crafts but michael's has turned into our social hangout taking classes etc i've uh, even started part-time as a cashier usually during the holidays so i'm out of the wife's hair and i have something to do in retirement i even tinkered around with the stock buying shares back in february 2017 i get it cyclical but dismal first quarter earnings have me worried uh you're absolutely right First quarter earnings for Michaels were a bit rough, and uh, the stock plummeted uh, almost 13%, I think, when that was um, reported. I think the thing that scares me most about Michaels, though, uh, is their debt. It's pretty significant, 127% uh, of assets, and mm. the company doesn't have equity, which means that they've been losing money for quite a while. There's... No shareholder equity, uh, just on a book value. Um, and they don't really have way. an online presence like some of the other online retailers, right? Really, I'm I'm not sure, right. Shauna, but I, right. I will take your word for I it. I don't know. I just get worried just because there's so many retail shops closing down. Yeah. Uh, well, the biggest thing that, that bothers me, especially when you tie uh, that heavy debt to where I believe our economic cycle is. Right. And, and we're 
long in the tooth on the, the economic uh, expansion from uh, recession, which was way back in 2009. It's not a time thing as much as it is. Just the fundamentals look relatively weak to me going forward. Right. Um, when you have a company that is as cyclical as an arts and crafts store, this is discretionary spending. This is mm-hmm. where, you know, this is not something where you're going to have to buy bread and milk or go to health care uh, facilities or any of that. Uh, this is this is discretionary spending for the consumer, so it uh, does tend to slow way down in a in a recession or an economic slowdown. So. Uh, with the heavily indebted company and, um, you know, economic conditions the way they are, I would have to tell you, uh, while it's attractively it. priced, I think I would sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I would let this one go, keep your job, uh, do your cashiering, enjoy the the uh, the things that you get out of uh, the crafting or your wife gets. Um, but I really believe that it's probably not the best investment. And you know what? This is one of those things that a lot of folks do. They, you know, and even Warren Buffett encourages people invest in what you know. So that's kind of what we've seen uh, in this regard. Oscar has invested in what something that's familiar to him, um, but only invest in what you know to the level that it actually makes mm-hmm. financial fundamental sense. And um, in this regard, I, I really don't think it does. Um, you look at uh, some of the valuation numbers, and it, it does look attractive, but the company has to survive. I think it's cheap for a reason. Mm. Um, and that being the case, I, I just can't in my right uh, mind tell you to buy. No, we're still in a good economy. I mean, this is we're not in a bad economy yet and still having a bad yep. first quarter. So yeah. what does that tell you? Right. Yeah, the first quarter was not was not horrible for everybody for sure. No. Yeah. And and uh, you got a company that did have a pretty significant slowdown. So uh just uh, and and the stock market told you that. I mean, 13% loss in a single day, that's a bite. Right. I mean, that hurts. Right. Um so uh, you know, I think I think uh the writing is is pretty much on the wall. It tells you maybe it's time to back down a little bit. So uh, next up, we've got Karen from Smyrna who writes, uh, if 529s are overfunded, does it make sense to withdraw funds for necessary private K through 12 and take a 6% tax hit? Uh, she goes on to state, uh, my mother passed away last month and she set up 529s in a different state uh, for my three kids. She also was paying for their private uh, kindergarten through eighth grade schooling. Uh, I've inherited the 529s as owner. Uh, the oldest, who enters college in three years, has 229,000. He's in public accelerated college program where he will graduate with an associate's degree. Um, he could be looking at a two to three year stint in college uh, max. Um, the middle child has six years until college and 202000 in her account. And uh, the youngest, with nine years until college, has 156000 Those are really well-funded 529s, without a doubt, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, who knows if they're overfunded? I mean, they could be, but, you know, these kids could also go to graduate school and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and they have until they're 30. Is that it, or 30s? 30 to, to use it or transfer it to another relative or And or there's another like point, right? You she can transfer, transfer it. it. Yeah. If, but if she if wants they, kid to, kids to use it, 
Uh, I certainly don't think she should take a 6% state tax hit. I think she should transfer the 529s to a, to a state that allows them to be used for the lower school education. Yeah. Um, that would certainly help her out there. Yeah. Um, Georgia is one of those states that does allow for that. Right. Yeah, what Michael's referring to in the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, they expanded the definition of it to allow up to 10000 per year in tuition expenses at private, public, and religious elementary schools, secondary schools, but not every state's conformed. So before, 529s can only be used for college. Mm-hmm. So they have expanded on that. Yeah, so you can use it for primary education, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the other thing, I know you're not going to go talking to a 9-year-old about having kids, but you would assume that by the time they're 30, they might have children of their own. So that could be another strategy, right? Maybe. But Passing I, on. That's a possibility, but I'm 33 and I still don't have a kid yet. Yeah. So people are having kids later in life, Troy. I, well, that they are, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not going to throw rocks at you for not having kids because I didn't have kids until I was 36, I think, was my youngest. 40 at the oldest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a, a old father. I can barely keep up with the the dogs, let alone the kids, they go in so many diverse Well, at least directions. you'll have plenty of options for your powers of attorney. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's They'll exactly. way outlive you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Wow. And I'll probably be one of those... <laughs> getting deep on the radio <laughs> today, y'all. I'll well, we be, started with, you know, elder care and... I'll probably speaking be one of, of elderly. That, that nobody likes anymore. I'll be oh, everybody likes you, Troy. Oh, of course Come they on. do, especially when I leave. Uh, I'll, anyway. be your, I'll be your power of attorney. Power of attorney, Troy. I'll, All right. He won't I'll charge you too much. Not there too much. Go. Just a small minimal. Just fee. whatever's left. Like a hundred right. grand or something. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Per hour. We'll make sure. <laughs> per hour. All right. Yeah. No doubt. All right. So uh, there's your answer. The 529. Michael and Shauna both agree. Probably best to to transfer it into a state where you can use it for that primary education. And hey, why not? I mean, uh, you know that it's probably invested in some manner that's going to allow it to grow uh, to some extent. Um, and maybe that's a good time to point out exactly how you would have that. I mean, it's spending within the next 10 years, I would assume, for most of these kids. So Right. They should, they should start pulling that back, maybe be a little more in, in fixed income in, yeah. in the 529 since they will be using it uh, for college. Right. And well, in some the, of the 529s, they have those, you know, age-based Investments so it like just automatically changes date. exactly yeah. so it automatically changes as they get older. Yeah, well there you go. That's uh, that's a few options for the investment side of things. So uh, you know it, it, there there are plenty of options, and it sounds as if uh, you might want to consult somebody a little deeper on that as well. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some more of your financial questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. Listening to Money Talks, I'm Troy Harmon. You wondering what that music was? I know that yeah. song. Yeah. Spin me right round, like a record player. Right round. <laughs> What's a record player? Yeah. Great question. I'm not sure. I have I have a record. Yeah. We still have a record player. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, it it's like an old, it's an old one, like a box one. You have to crank it? No, they actually make good ones now. I bought my parents one they a couple really years do. ago for Christmas, and yeah. they play their old records on it, and it sounds phenomenal. Yeah, my wife's really? got a mm-hmm. bunch of vinyl 
records, and we got her one a couple of years ago. Are there well. different kinds of records? Isn't vinyl the only kind? I think they, if you got them off a cereal box, they're going to be cardboard. Oh, okay. They did have some of those here and there. Most things were vinyl. It was a coating anyway. Oh, okay. All right, Shauna. There you go. <laughs> the little kitty plastic one with the little indentions? <laughs> yes, with teeth marks teeth from marks. me. Yeah. They didn't feed me when I was a kid. I had to eat something. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. With paint that answers chips, a lot of paint questions. Chips and cardboard. That, <laughs> no. that was my diet. Yeah, there that we clears up a lot of confusion for and me. And we digress. Uh, well, no, we can always <laughs> digress, especially when Shauna's mean and picks on me. Oh. This is the way it works. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Um, more seriously, this is a financial show. It is. Money talks. That's right. Yes. And... Uh, if you would like to have us answer your financial questions, uh, you can give us a call, 1-855-429-9166. You could also call uh, and speak to a human, uh, 770-429-9166. That 855 number, by the way, is our question hotline. You leave your question on a recorded message. Um, we take the question, play it on the radio, answer the question right behind it. That's how that works. Shauna, <laughs> anything you would like nope, to add? Nope, not okay, at all. Thanks. Uh, you can also email us, drgene at hensler.com, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, or uh, go to our website, hensler.com, and uh, we've got lots downloaded there so that uh, you can read and answer your questions by yourself if you would like. Um, so... When we left, we had talked about a few, but uh, we have another here. Uh, Martin from Ackworth writes, I'm looking at the international mutual funds in my 401k. I know I want some international exposure, but I'm generally pretty conservative when it comes to international stocks. I've been burned before in the past. Uh, I've got the choice of Vanguard International Value Fund and T. Rowe Price International Discovery Fund. Uh, they're both listed as more on the conservative side. So it's uh, what would you do, this or that kind of question. Um, you know, probably the most common thing that folks do is they'll go and look at uh, some of the ratings uh, that uh, various companies put out. Uh, probably the most common is Morningstar. Uh, you can go to Morningstar.com and see those free. Uh, both of these funds are a four-star fund, so that doesn't really help you narrow the field. Uh, next piece, you can look at the expense ratio, which is the fees behind, uh, behind the scenes that you're looking at. Uh, if you just look at it there, Vanguard's always going to be a relatively cheap choice, 0.38% uh, in this regard, and that's an annual basis, uh, versus T. Rowe Price Discovery Fund at 1.2%. And by the way, for those that are listening along, the Vanguard International Value Fund uh, ticker is VTRIX, while T. Rowe Price International Discovery Fund is PRIDX. Uh, it's useful if you're going to go in your 401k and make these purchases to know that. Um, some of the other things you can look at, uh, really performance, and, and the point that I make is a lot of folks will look at the expense ratio and stop there, but performance, as reported on mutual funds, is uh, is generally... Uh, well, in every case that I know of, it's going to be presented uh, after fees. So if one outperforms the other, uh, then maybe... Maybe more well, risky. 
it could be more risky. It could be more conservative. And, and uh, you know, in this case, um, Martin's looking for something conservative. It really depends on market trends in the last few years, right? right. So over the three, five, and ten year, which is what you normally see um, listed, you know, go in and look and make sure that uh, what you're seeing there is uh, is truly matching. Uh, what it is that, that you would like in this regard, you know, Vanguard does a great job. Performance is good. It's hard to go against them. But, uh, you know, just in the way of kind of educating on what to look for in a mutual fund, just remember that the, the returns are after fees. Uh, so if you've got one that's got a higher expense ratio, but better returns, um, you know, I, I don't mind paying a manager a little bit of a premium to get me a better result in the end, uh, so don't get stuck too much on that expense ratio, which I find a lot of folks do. Mm-hmm. Well, and generally, when you're looking at a fund, if you want something a little more conservative, and this is a generalization completely, you know, it would be something that has more large cap than small mid cap. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be something that has uh, more developed than emerging markets. So emerging markets, small mid cap, those will be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. They could produce a higher return, but they also have more volatility than something with large cap and developed when you're looking at international. And you can speak more of that than I right. can probably. Yeah. You could even take it down to the sector level and talk about, um, you know, funds that have more exposure to health care or consumer staples or utilities, which are very conservative uh, just by their nature, tend to have uh, growth even through uh, recessions. Uh, they pay big dividends. Right. If you look at one of the, the uh, clues here, Vanguard uh, fund has a dividend yield of 2.55%. Versus the T Rowe Price International Discover Fund at 0.48%. So, I mean, that's probably built into this uh, decision already. Sure. Um, you know, where you see a, a pretty, pretty uh, attractive dividend yield as well. So, it's going to be putting cash in your account and the price should be growing as well. Right. So, there you have that. And the last um, thing I would like to add on that, Troy, is, you know, Martin, I would just be careful adding too much of international exposure to your portfolio at this time. Yeah, uh, Michael, that's a great point. In fact, um, one we probably, probably ought to expand on a little bit. Uh, if you think that, uh, I mean, here I am talking about uh, what the fundamentals look like in our domestic economy. And, and while the current situation doesn't look horrible, we do know Probably the worst thing is we do have an uh, inverted yield curve. When you look at the one, two, and three-month uh, treasury yields, they are higher than the 10-year. It's not the classic two-year higher than the 10-year that we normally look at, but uh, it, it's still not a positive sign. So uh, all things considered, I, I think uh, you know economic conditions look ripe for slowing, and uh, that being the case, they, we've already heard, you know, some of the supportive comments that uh, our Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, uh, is is talking about. Uh, he wouldn't be talking about that if if we didn't have that economic slowing, uh, those signs starting to show up. And if you think he's uh, talking like we're having a slowdown, look outside of our country. And and Michael, to your point, I mean, you got the German Bund. Uh, Ten-year, uh, still giving negative yields. Do you know of any banker that's going to pay you to borrow from them? No. Yeah, no. I don't know of anybody that I would want to pay 
just to have the opportunity to borrow from them either, but that's kind of what you have in in uh, Germany, and that's one of the strongest economies in Europe. Um, you know, the China thing, the tariffs that we're dealing with uh, are are probably likely to make them slow down. And and let's face it, that economy is big enough now that you're not going to see a slowdown in China without seeing slowdowns elsewhere. So, Agreed. Um, you know, it's a good point. Uh, instead of going into another question, I think we probably ought to back up just a little bit and uh, talk about some economic uh, releases that we saw this week. Um, MBA mortgage application, which is a weekly number, we did see a decline of 2.4% in the week. Um, purchase applications were up 2.46, but uh, refinance, uh, refinancing uh, also jumped. Uh, so, you know, I, it makes it kind of strange to see uh, a decline, but um, that's what we got. Uh, wholesale trade looks like uh, inventories are in line with consensus. When you uh, perform in line with expectations, you usually don't make very big splash in financial markets. 0.4% uh, gain in May uh, following April's revised 0.8% rise. So it's a de it's a decline, but it's a decline from a real good previous month. Um, jobless claims, which is one that we watch like a hawk these days, insured unemployment rate continues to hold at 1.2%. Uh, unemployment insurance benefits increased 27,000 to uh, 1.7 million in the week into June 29th. Uh, the four-week moving average, which is one of the real important pieces, was up 5,750. So. Not the best of uh, reports there, but uh, again, you know, current economic conditions seem pretty solid. I say the market's going to be up this week. Shauna. Up. Michael. Up. All right, there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.